Oh yeah, Spence. I'm so stoked to be back here once again on our Ventura Forward podcast. Where we're searching for the tasty waves, hot tunes, fun in the sun, righteous food, and all that news across the 805. On this show, we've got our great segments breaking down the goods as we're always discovering meanderthaling through this great 805 Ventura County with our interesting journalistic points of view. Spence, how you feeling? I'm feeling great. Got a lot of reaction, especially from an old friend of mine from last week's podcast. And that was all about the Ventura County Fairgrounds. And that story continues to go on. So listeners know that it's coming through. I'm going to a meeting today in Camarillo to meet some of the players. I can't give all the information out right away, Spence. But literally, the ball, the baseball is coming together with this story. And the story is not all about baseball. It's about upgrading the whole fairgrounds. Baseball is just a snippet. It's a big picture I'm looking forward to telling everybody about. And that's what we need to know. Is the financing there? What are the rules? How will it go? Uh, which person can handle this task the best, if at all. There's a lot happening at the fairgrounds, and it's a great topic that we're going to get deeper and deeper into as uh, the weeks go by. And as this week, too, college, I mean, college, high school sports always rocking and rolling, along with middle school. My Cabrillo middle school basketball team had a huge win spent against Las Colinas from Camarillo. We won 49-45, an amazing game. I'm so proud of the boys. Awesome. So uh, coaching basketball, doing the podcast, got a lot going on. Episode, you're right. Thank you so much. I'm going to get you out to a game. So episode number 40, we're rocking and rolling with our guest today. I'm very stoked to bring in a close personal friend, my own pastor at church, a man that I've met over the last two or three years, and he has really ignited my personal stoke. So I thought it'd be good to him to come in and tell about his stoke about Ventura, what it means to be a leader, a role model, and somebody who he just referred to as an alien, meaning an out. <laughs> outsider trying to show that he can be somebody who makes a difference in my personal mind so i brought him in to share his stoke it's my guy brad lawson brad how you doing i'm doing amazing thank you for having me it's good to be here thank you for understanding yeah. the energy that we build and you kind of letting me be myself the last few years it's been a lot of your support does anybody really ever like change you yes no I think you're just fully seen wherever you go and you're, you're just a disruptor. You do all that you do. To be honest, part of me was thinking as I was driving, I don't even know what they've talked about the last episodes. Like, so, (laughs) so Spencer, for all I know, you could have said some crazy things, right? But you have to trust Ventura Ford and trust Spencer. How about I trust you? You do. I don't know if I trust organizations. I'm probably uh, like, my nature is a little skeptical of that, but I trust you. Thank you. There we go. And that organization and me comes to that kind of like hourglass head. Yeah. And I agree with that, what you do. And you did that with a church, Two Trees Church. Yes. You made it to where all the decisions and the leadership goes through a church. You named it Two Trees. You moved into town, I believe, about four or five years ago. And eight, I, eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. And I want to learn more about your stoke. Everyone that comes on this show that gets invited down to this show, I like to think is really influential in town. And really already loves this town. We talk about having one thing in common. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Right? If the world can go wrong and the relationship can go bad, we can still go back to that one moment that we had something in common. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have and what we share is that sharing that stoke. So what do you believe in your belly kind of attracted me to you and this vibe to share your stoke in Ventura? What is the stoke that you have for Ventura? Um, It's a really, really big question because there's so many things to love about Ventura. I, to be honest, I had not been here 
but maybe two or three times before I actually made the decision to move here. I was downtown, you know the story, Main Street in front of Starbucks, and I was a part of a big mega church and massive church, 12, 15,000 people, but I was just one of 20 pastors on an exploration journey about potentially church planting or doing whatever, and I was not going to be the guy. I was content with college campus ministries. I was content with working with students and doing all that I was that I had going on. And uh, to be honest, I thought coastal people were a little weird, you know, but I was more exposed to the Central Coast. I thought there's... Because you're coming from Bakersfield area. Why would you say that? Where, where, Nothing where, good comes from... Listen, where were you born? I'm, I'm born again in Ventura. There you go. <laughs> so, so listen, um, and by the way, like, I got to speak into that because that was like, it took me like two or three years to finally come to the realization oh, everyone here thinks they're special because they were born here. Like, no, you took it from somebody. Either your parents or their parents or their parents or their parents. Everyone conquered to get here. So let's get off our high horse, number one. I love, so that, like, you, I love that you bring that going because that's at the root of Ventura. Because, because th this is the thing. It's like, oh, I'm a fifth generation Venturan. I don't care. Your ancestors took it from somebody. Yep. That's 100%. Like, you want to go back into it? We're all conquerors. There's yeah. blood on everyone's hands getting here. So let's stop acting like we're – let's just enjoy what's unique about the culture. Let's get into it. Whatever, right? So I just had well, to say that because you mentioned I love, that. I love that you say that because that's kind of the natural reaction when that conversation comes up. Because in, most of the people from Ventura do give that vibe off. They want to keep people out. It's, yeah. a, it's a NIMBY, not in my backyard. I'm but, in the greatest place in the world. I don't want you here to come down to Pierpont or, or this neighborhood in different places. And you know what it is? It's like for four or five years, it's like, will you bend the knee to it? Absolutely. And you, and you know what's interesting is the moment I decided I don't need anyone's approval is the moment that my ministry exploded. That's what Ventura, so, so, 100% <laughs> in alignment to what was started five years ago with John Burdick at Big Old Rock Cafe. Follow yes. me here because, Spence, I've told this story before a few times. We're in Big Old Rock Cafe. John Burdick was living here for 20 years. Yes. I want to finish telling my story about Ventura, too. Go ahead. Oh, 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 so go. Tell oh, yours, oh, and then I'll go get to mine. Oh, we're going to get there. All right, go. It's like a Tarantino No, you go. Movie. Tell me the story. Finish your story. It's a Tarantino movie. Nothing in order. Has anyone else come on the podcast and pointed their finger at me before? No. No. <laughs> no. So <laughs> listeners, listeners, let's just know, let's know what's going on here and how much I love this guy. Back to Bagel Rock Cafe five go. years ago before the Thomas fire. Okay. We started a group called Ventura Peeps, like the yes. peeps you eat at, the, at Easter. And John Burke, my friend, who I just saw at the dog park today, said, fuck you. Okay. Why do you think that you know more about Ventura? Because you just moved home six months ago, and you say these things just like what you said. Because I'll admit I have a little bit of arrogance because of the roots. Okay? Yeah. But I'm also a free-loving person and all that stuff, so I was right in the middle. And I had been gone for 20 years, so I wasn't stuck in the mud. Mm -hmm. He goes, I know more than you, and I'm more Ventura than you. I go, whoa. And he hit me right in the chest with it. I go, we just did something that changed everything. He goes, we asked a random person buying a bagel. Hey, you feel like you're from Ventura? He goes, I lived for 15 years. I don't feel like I'm still from here. People just don't. I've heard what you described today probably over a couple hundred times. And it's not right. It's not right, but at the same time, the reaction that you gave needs to kind of almost be subdued a little bit because there is a middle people that want to have that pride of being where they're from because it's a culture, right? It's not that whole stay away, but the people who don't have the culture are the ones saying stay away. There's a whole group of us and we're actually the majority mm -hmm. and that's what Ventura Ford people are willing to put ourselves out there to accept you, mm -hmm. the outsider, which I, I mentioned it in Bible study yesterday. 
in a sense, right? Wow, you're admitting to coming to Bible study. This is interesting. Absolutely. I like it. Okay. Every Tuesday I'm there, okay, on the Avenue building, which is great, is going to how it comes up in topic to where like, I'm not afraid to say to you, why are you here? Yeah. And then I want to know why you share that stoke. That's why you're here. That's why we've bonded in this story. You're attracted to Ventura Forward. So now that you know how that heart came five years ago at the core of our mission, tell me again your story of Ventura. You're downtown and you don't know why you're here. With a group of pastors, I was getting coffee. It was 5.30 a.m. in front of Starbucks. And I walk out. It was a ghost town in downtown Ventura. And out of nowhere, whether you believe in God or not, I'm just going to tell you simply how it happened. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me to start a church here. I didn't know what to do with the thought. It was very strong. It was almost like overwhelmingly strong. I was looking around. I don't know the city. I don't know anyone. And I, I prayed a very bold prayer. I said, if that's from you, God, I said, confirm it. I'll tell no one, but confirm it. Say it again in a few other ways, and I'll move here, and I'll devote my entire life to this. So I told nobody, went back group of pastors was out doing these church plant exploration videos and all this stuff. Go back home, wake up the next morning. My senior pastor calls me. He says, Brad, he said, do you have 10 minutes? It's 8 a.m. He said, I was in prayer this morning and I saw a vivid picture of you and your wife living in Ventura. Have you ever thought about that? I said, uh, yeah. And I told him the story. He goes, well, would you want to move there? And I said, give me 10 minutes to talk to Shanna. <laughs> so how long uh, was that after you had the Next morning. Next morning. Next morning. Yeah. I go in, knock on the, Shanna's door. Hey, come out. Hey, uh, can we move to Ventura to start a church? She goes, we own a house. What are we going to do? I said, I don't know. But the Bible says if you give it away for the sake of the gospel, God will give it back to you. Right. She says, okay. And it was just, we we're off on this adventure. So I call our pastor back. I said, I'm in. And so that week, the next day I go and start applying for apartments. Applied for like 20 different apartments. Didn't, oh. didn't, didn't know if any of it was going to turn out. Following day, I come back. I say, okay, I'm in. So you can tell everybody I'm in. We have this big, massive staff meeting where he's like, okay, so we just feel this is kind of spontaneous, but Brad is moving to Ventura. What was the job the, or, the, or, or the goal that you were coming here for? I'll, I'll get to that because it you. was to plant a church. Okay. But, um, a new church, an existing church or a brand new church? Brand new church. Thank you. Brand new church. Um, so he has this big staff meeting. He uh, tells everybody, Brad and his family are moving to Ventura. They're stepping out in faith. And uh, everybody's obviously shocked at the information. I had a lot of influence at the church I was at uh, just from being there for 15 plus years. I was mm. there for a long time wow. as a youth pastor and whatever else. It's really the only church I'd been to outside of starting one. And uh, I get done. I walk out. Uh, a guy, the janitor washing the sidewalks, walks up to me who knew nothing, knew nothing. He comes to me and he says, Brad, he goes, right now, he goes, you got to come here. God's told us to pray for you is with the man. And he said, close your eyes. And I said, okay. He said, I want you to picture the ocean. He said, as far as you can see from the east to the west, this is where God has expanded your ministry. He said, he's commissioning you to the coast. And this man knew nothing. Awesome. And over the course of the next three weeks, I had people calling me with dreams. I had all kinds of really radical encounters happen so much that I thought I would land in Ventura and it would all happen all at once. <laughs> and what happened was I landed in Ventura. They tried to do a packaged mega church satellite model that didn't work. It failed miserably. And I almost 
I had a full deconstruction in my faith and didn't know if I was going to be a pastor, not my faith as far as belief in God and Jesus, because that's unshakable. It was more my God, are you even going to do this anymore? Did the plan change? What are we doing? And I went to work for the rescue mission after a year of being here. Mm-hmm. And I worked at the Oxnard thrift, super thrift store for four years, nearly really. Yeah. worked with the rescue mission and, um, and the thrift store in the thrift store. I was a thrift store manager and I worked with program men picking up trash on the Avenue. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's where my first relationship with the Avenue started is I would go with 15, 20 program guys from the rescue ah. mission and Boomer Butler. And right. we would actually pick up trash and just talk and dream about what it would look like to do some crazy things for the community. And so, uh, who had that program set up for you at the mission? Was that Jackie over there too? Or who no, we, no, no. We, we the, started that at the, the Oxnard mission. mission. Just said, let's just go on the Avenue and pick up. Yeah, that was it. it was, and I was supposed to be uh, pioneering a satellite for mission work hmm. there, not to provide services on the West side, because I'm not sure anybody there wants that. Right. Uh, it was more to s- bring the people into an existing program in Oxnard Got it. and give them help that they need at the Oxnard rescue mission. So, uh, I ended up halfway through that journey surrounded by a handful of radical people. And in a prayer meeting, it was released and it was time to start the church. So we started the church with maybe eight people. And four years ago, August 2018, we launched it. The name Two Trees Church didn't have a whole lot of spiritual significance. It was, okay, what am I going to do? What are we going to call this that speaks of Ventura and we called it that. And then it gets burned down like the, <laughs> the two trees. Dude, that's that burns the irony of the yeah, whole fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. But then at the end of the day, it's like, I really don't care. Like it's important. It's a, it's a part of our city and it is what it is and it matters to people. And so I'm just going to roll with it. And so, uh, we named the church two trees church and it has been the wildest journey of my life. The last four years was it a burning bush or tree. I, I didn't do the Bible. It was a burning bush. Burning bush. Right? Yeah, that's okay. what I was just thinking too. Okay. I love that. So there you go. <laughs> I didn't really. Make he was commissioned in the fire. So that see, and it was in the fire season where all that was happening with us. I love that. Look, you are a spiritual man. I love this. Uh, very spiritual. So yeah, there you go. There's my big like. It's not the big. There's many other things, but that's how I fell into Ventura, and um, my love for Ventura. I mean, immediately I felt like, oh, this is where I was always supposed to be. Come on. This is my tribe. Let's like, go. These are my people. Yeah. I do. So I don't have any, um, like you're talking about with lifelong Ventura people. I'm surrounded by lifelong Ventura people. Yep. I love the people of Ventura. I want to share in this with them. Like I am a part of this. I'm not looking to overthrow anything as much as I'm just looking to be a part of something that I believe is already great. And so, and bring, you know, whatever I can bring to it all. I love that. Thank you for sharing that beginning passion of you getting into town and really getting people to understand that. And that's what we all get have in common. My passion in Stoke, you know, obviously it was a lot of Norton's Market being from here. Like you're you're given that passion. And some people have that passion. And I say it makes your heart feel different. Mm-hmm. And people that live in Ventura don't know they even have it. Mm-hmm. But they do. But because you haven't gotten away, maybe because you haven't had the life experience, because for some reason you're grumpy. Could you imagine living in Ventura and being grumpy? I can't. That was one of my initial first culture shocks of Ventura because coming yeah. from where I came from, it's either you go to church or you're like antichrist. Mm. There, It was like Texas in the middle. It's like I hate 
religion and I'm just going to go all in on other stuff or I'm all in on Jesus and I'm sitting back just judging the world or whatever. And like in Ventura, everybody was so nice. I didn't know who the Christians were. Right. I'm like, who, who are the <laughs> Jesus? like the grocery store ladies trying to talk to me. And at first it was awkward because I'm trying to do my own thing and. It's a Christian vibe. Watch this. It's a Christian vibe. (laughs) There's churches everywhere. The mission is the biggest landmark. There's a cross up on the hill, but no one talks about Jesus. But that was my big thing. Because I'm like, (laughs) why? Because for like a couple years, we had our legit conversation. Like, does Ventura need another church? They're on every corner. And to be honest, a lot of them are speaking the same language and doing a lot of the same stuff. It's like, what if I'm going to be just like everybody else? Right. If I'm going to bend to the culture right, and be what Ventura wants me to be, then why did God send me here? Because there's plenty of people doing a much better job than I would do. Yeah. And good people. <laughs> and they're and, good people, yes. And you even go to like the areas. But, dude, what's cool is and why I really have passion for the ministry that you talk about is I view it as like a new age Christian, right? Like in, dude, what, that's a that's – a, what? That's, that's a, a dangerous. That's a dangerous. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a, a collision there. Yeah. New age definitely is usually not something of the Bible. It's something of the oh. earth and thought as opposed oh. to faith. You're okay. Hey, just, go, just go. Yeah, modern, there's modern, stri- there's modern strings Christian. attached to that New word. He's got crystals on him somewhere. Modern Christian in our town to see that femur. there's areas of town you talked about, like the graveyard of churches mm-hmm. and yes. the industrial area. That's where we started and where we had to be removed from during COVID. Yes. And we, and, and we see these churches that are all over town. I think a lot of them are still in existence because they're part of bigger umbrellas and the land property land value keeps going up so much that they're just holding on their property and they're employing a few people, not trying to prophesize, not trying to grow the church at the rapidness that the church calls you to do. Like if you're reading the Bible and you're in the Bible and you're following Jesus, you should be out there every day on the hilltop streaming from the mountains. If people read their Bible, they would see that we are overwhelmed with growth when jesus died and was resurrected at pentecost thousands a day were coming to the lord and we're like i need it to fit in my little structure no a biblical church will overwhelm your structure you can't control it jesus isn't like on a leash yeah and then like he's not like bound and gagged and you can pull him out when you want to pull him out and let him speak to you when you want put him back in your little it, trunk of comfort or whatever and everyone's saying they believe in jesus yeah, and, it's and, like, and they're part of churches but they're not even living up to a moment of what it, yes. is what the bible is saying which i'm cool with if you don't want to do what the Bible says with, I'm totally cool with that, but don't say you, that you're by the Bible. And that's, again, why I call you that modern Christian guy, because I believe that you're living by that. That's one of your biggest things if, in your ministry is living that lifestyle because you want to live by example. I would say seeking to model your ministry after the churches in Scripture and the Jesus of the Bible makes you less modern, actually. That would be my contention. I would say it makes you less modern because I think right now, Everybody wants nicely packed production churches that are speaking very self-empowering messages and this whole thing. And the cross of Jesus is offensive. Well, and, and so the real message is not an easy one to swallow. If somebody was coming to want to come to Two Trees Church and we want to invite yes. people to come to church because I have. First of all, I love what the church has done because not only did they not stay in the graveyard area during COVID, we went to the beach to worship. This church was not going to be stopped to worship by any but you know that wasn't our plan so i can't take credit for that no it was it was a church church decision it was not our plan it was just our choice got it our choice we had nowhere to go yeah 
So church graveyard, like, yes, it's a church graveyard for sure. I see like, and there's great churches in there. We were in there. We were one of them. Um, but I call it that because that's where they push them to like, it's like a, an acceptable area of the city for churches, this yeah. industrial district. Like the ghetto. That's yeah. how the ghettos were Yeah, it's where, they, it's where they put them. But then uh, the other part is we just decided in COVID, like this is one of the only times in my lifetime where we actually get to see if we're going to be able to demonstrate our faith in the face of adversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have an opportunity. Why in the world would I ever shrink back from what I believe because culture is doing something else? Is that even remotely what we see in the Bible? No. Right. You know, it, not even rem- like so for me, it was a very heart turning, gut wrenching decision where you say, I get it. Nobody understands what we're doing. But understand this in COVID on the beach, when we were worshiping in front of the Rangers, when we we're doing the park Rangers, the police had come out, the whole thing, right? Like this is where we were birthed in the fire. So he was prophetic when he said that. But what's crazy was <laughs> what they didn't see were people were giving their life to Jesus on beach towels as they walked by. What they didn't see was we had a woman. I won't give her name. One woman came and she could not find a church. She was trying to find a place to belong. She was invited by somebody. She had been struggling with Bell's palsy. She had Bell's palsy for over a year. Been to acupuncture, been to all these other doctors and tried some medicine. And anyway, she comes to the prayer line out in the middle of the park, wide open ministry, just open air, just doing what we were doing with an acoustic guitar, right? About 250 people. She comes up and she goes, I need help. She goes, what you were saying was touching my heart. She goes, my face is paralyzed. Half of her face is paralyzed. She said, can you pray for me? And I said, yes. I said, would you mind pulling your mask down? I know this is controversial. I said, I just want to be able to like put my hand on your face. Right. I touch her face and pray a very simple prayer and ask Jesus to heal her face. She goes home. She's, uh, she's connected to our kids pastor about two o'clock. I get a text. Hey, Brad, you're never going to believe this. So-and-so's in her kitchen. She says she can't stop crying. Electricity is surging through her face. By the end of the night, 98% healed. And to this day, she's still healed and she's in our church and she's close to me. Wow. Completely healed in a moment. And I look at this and I go, if we weren't open, she could have still been there with a paralyzed face. You know how many people I talked to that need, that were struggling with depression and suicide. We buried people in COVID because of suicide. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have community. They're locked away. Isolation isn't good for people. I was a poor kid. I was a poor kid in a meth home with, da- with a dad who was a criminal, with a mom who had been homeless and battling uh, mental illness. And uh, if you would have locked me in my home, it would have been death for me. Mm-hmm. Absolute death for me. We've heard that. It lately. was a humanitarian issue for me because I wouldn't have been able to learn. How could I learn? My parents were smoking meth in front of me. Like they, there was a whole thing there. Were they I'd, Methodists? Methodist. Yes, they were. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. So my point is like in this and I'm going, I understand what everybody's saying. We were scared too. We were sanitizing. We were wearing masks. Like we were there in the beginning. It was, everybody was afraid. Like, well, and it's also, isn't there another thing? Don't challenge the Lord. If you, he, he will keep me safe so I can do anything I want. A friend of mine who was of faith said a lot of people go out and they say, well, since the Lord is with me, I can live a risky life, yeah. and, and this is not. That's a good, not. That's it's not, not the proper parachute. No. So, like for me, no obedience to Jesus is life support, and and I can't tame that message because that's in my. It's who I am now. Mm-hmm. I've been born again, and I serve Him, and I really can't look at anyone else for a model of how to be a Christian. It's Jesus alone. 
He's a, he in his message. So people will hate it so much that they might crucify you for it. You're like right stuff I'm saying right now, like critical people can eventually crucify you. Hey, and that's what we do in Ventura 4. We step out there. <laughs> we crucify day. people. Uh, understand we this. We put but, ourselves out there to be crucified on anything, like walking the streets, putting yourself out there, putting yourself in dangerous situations. That's what people that in society for generations of Americans have had to do all the way back to the Bible across the world. <laughs> people that get remembered are bold. They're called crazy. They're called stupid. That's they why do. I asked you if I could be an alien before I go. You I'm going to be from another world. There won't be many pastors talking like I'm talking. Are you okay with this? But that's okay. the pastor that we yeah. want to bring in there. Because if you thought that we were going to bring a pastor from all these different, that was not talking. They're about. all good men. I love these men. Oh no, I'm just I saying, do. I'm just a little, little, little more raw than you're probably. Expecting and you do, and you're on the yes. stage of the Ventura yeah. Theater every Sunday. So it goes from the graveyard to the beach. Now to the Ventura Theater. Also, there's a property on the Ventura Avenue, 117 North Ventura Avenue. We talk about it for all of our Saturday Saturday cleanups. Uh, if you're talking the podcast, we've been inviting you out every month for the last five, more than that, Spence. How many months? 12 months almost now. Yeah, it's been a while. I got to ask a question. Ventura Theater? Yeah. So that means any house can be a church because I know 100%. things have happened there. I know things have happened there. Other yeah. than this Christian place, values th and uh, yeah. there's mornings we get in there and we're cleaning up and we're vacuuming oh, yeah. uh, beer stains sure. and it smells and it's so, like it's we, so awesome. I it, love it, is, it. It is in Loan. I have to give Loan a shout out from the Ventura Theater. Loan and Billy and the team have been so good to us. We love them so much. It was a godsend for us because we're in the middle of this build out and everything. We didn't know where we're gonna meet and. Through a series of events, someone calls. I get a meeting with Loann. She welcomes us in. Uh, obviously, we pay rent. It's a great relationship, but they are incredible, mm -hmm. incredible. And we try to leave it better than we find it. Every time we're there, we take out trash, we vacuum, we mop, we do whatever it takes. We try to make sure it's in good shape, and Loann knows that. And I know bad religion has played the theater. 100%. So it's an interesting coupling. Can I, I'm going to say a word and just carry on if it's not a real word. Parasmus. I don't know what that word Parasmus. is, but that's okay. okay. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. We're going to our sponsors. Because we mentioned the greatness of the Ventura Theater, we'll wrap them into this. We want to always give Ray Fresco a big shout-out. The boys are bringing those early beats in. But, Brad, did you know that a big sponsor of Ventura Forward is the Ventura Music Hall? I did not know that. They're one of the music halls. They have that great venue right on Thompson Boulevard. We have free tickets for every show. And they have Taylor Swift shows. If your daughters ever want to go to a show, let the church know. I try to tell At her. The musical? The musical. Taylor Swift won't play the music. Will she? she? They did. Sorry. They did a. I dropped. I should have made that more thing. They did like a tribute. DJ. Band. A DJ. Oh. oh, that's amazing. No, the girls would go. The it girl, was amazing. Th yeah. The reason why I sh stopped on that is because we just paid a ton of money for a Taylor Swift concert. I'm like, if she's coming to town. Did you get tickets for it? Uh, no, just one of my daughters is going with my sister-in-law. Wow. Yeah, that's how you have to get two two tickets within the extended family. Yes, that's it. Yes, Because <laughs> yes. I was like, I'm taking the girls. No, you're not. No, <laughs> no you're not going. There's, you probably couldn't even get tickets if you wanted to with the madness. Wasn't like two seconds she broke the internet, right, Spence? Yeah, it was wild. Yes. Taylor Swift broke the internet? Yeah, yeah it, was it, it was so fine everything. Uh, yeah, it's um, – and so I, one of the artists, and I forget who it is, Big Shot, he says, oh, shame on her for being popular because a lot of people were trying to throw the – she didn't handle it right, and the guy just said, no, she's just insanely popular. It was no intent. Right. That's how you want to break yeah, it. Yeah, how do you prepare for, for 10 million tickets or whatever it was? wasn't her fault. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's just one of those things. It's fun, you know. Yeah. But people like to blame a lot of stuff. We got the Ventura Real Estate Company, Derek Turner, one of our proudest sponsors, longest sponsors. DTs in Switzerland skiing the Alps right now. He wants to know, Brad Lawson, who do you think the top three coolest people in Ventura are? Oh gosh, according to you. <sighs> and you can't say the two handsome gen- gentlemen in the room with you. To be honest. I don't even think in those terms. Um, it's an open word. Cool is your own interpretation. Don't forget. It could be ice cold. So the top. Who are the three coolest people in town to you? Um, I'm going to say my wife, Shanna Lawson. Okay. I'm going to say my wife, Shanna Lawson, number one. I will say Jackie Pierce, number two. Okay. And I'll say Jemmy Prudhomme, number three. I thought Jimmy. I was just thinking Jimmy. Tell me, t- tell me why you love Jimmy so much. Uh, she is one of the most incredible encouragers and spiritual voices I've ever known. And so she was a manager at Lure, uh, actually an executive with Lure, but she uh, would step in and manage certain facilities. But she was downtown for a while, Ventura, um, all over the place. She helps start all their new their new companies and or their new restaurant launches and all this but now she is actually on our team and is a pastor with our ministry and so she's amazing and jackie also is on our team with the coc now so yeah and jackie made our top 10 list for coolest people in town and your wife let's get something about just your your wife what what do we need to know about your wife that's so special to you she is one of the strongest women i've ever met obviously um the backbone of our family is shanna the the strength in our girls, the strength in me. I mean, whenever you can say, Hey, let's go and sell everything and go broke to go on a adventure to plant a church in the, in a city where you know, nobody, uh, it takes enormous strength and faith to be able to step out like that. There's probably no other person on the planet that I could have been married to that would have went and went so hard after the kingdom. Like, Right. Like it, it, it takes like you have to be equally yoked in marriage. That's cool. She's a radical person. Let's go. I She's a leader of what's leaders. Her, what's her like passion in Ventura? What's her what, what does she enjoy doing the most in Ventura? If she had like a, a two hours to go do something by herself, what would she go do? Uh, she'd go shopping, go to Target. Target? Go, yeah, go, <laughs> go hang with her girls. And she would, uh, actually, she's, I mean, she's a devoted mom. And so, well, like, yeah, my wife, yeah, there's such moms, it's hard to get that time. So it's funny. Yeah, but I, but she also, she's passionate about the church. She leads meetings with me. She's in on our, our team meetings. She helps uh, run budgeting and operations. When's the last time I, you guys have been to a concert or music show? Oh my gosh, it would have been way when we were dating we haven't been to one in a long time maybe fleetwood mac with her parents so i can and offer i can offer you tickets to the ventura music hall and you'll go on a date yeah okay i'm setting that up i'll come up which, okay. ba- which band though can i baby can you listen to any music how do you feel about that <laughs> you can no li- i'm serious i'm serious is there actually, some that would be offensive and you say i can't live that I, anymore no i i actually i originally was in the music scene i played hardcore music with satanic bands um when I first came into this, uh, I love music. Our mu- our worship music, I felt like for me when I came in, that was the biggest issue with church work was that the music was horrible. Right. The music was absolutely horrible. And so uh, it was just like to me one of the biggest barriers getting in. It's like Striper. I can, I can believe Striper's okay. But to be honest, like Striper versus ACDC. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see where it's like, okay, Striper's good. And we actually are connected to Striper a little bit through a church that I used to go to. But um, Christian music used to be a cheap knockoff. 
It was bad. Michael Smith, right? That was a kind of change. But right now, I will tell you, there's a lot of really great creative stuff happening in Christian music. Oh, I'm, I'm on. I listen to Caleb all day. I'm bad. I don't, I don't know if it's in there with elevation worship and different stuff. I'm sure some of it's good. Caleb. Caleb is getting the hint slowly. They're, They're slowly coming in. What's the under? 92.7. If somebody's listening to this right now, they're like, okay, Brad, what's the cool Christian? And if, what, 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 where are you finding? Like Spotify? Like a something, something? What is it? Uh, <laughs> this, I don't endorse a lot of people. I don't know if you know that about me. Like, so I don't like put a lot of stuff out there because people are crazy. Yeah. And so someone's always going to do something. You'll go like, why did I say that I like that? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say uh, I would probably go to YouTube and find Upper Room. Okay. Upper Room Worship. And for me, it has less to do with perfection and melodies. It has more to do with authenticity and has more to do with expression and um, honest worship. And so that can happen in a gospel choir that can happen, uh, acapella that can happen with an acoustic guitar can happen on a piano. It's not necessarily the instruments or the, or the style as much as it's the honesty mm-hmm. and the sincerity of what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And when it's sincere, people know, you know, when it's performance, there's probably nothing that I can't stomach more when someone's trying to perform like that in a Christian band. Sweet. Thanks for sharing that. Pizza, pizza, pizza. We always love it. Toppers. I happened to see uh, Mrs. Yonker last night at the GPAC meeting. So it was good to see Kelsey last night. If you're eating pizza, what are you putting on top of it? Uh, my favorite toppers is the hot honey. Ooh, that is a good one. The hot honey. I was addicted for a long time to the carnitas. <laughs> He's like, got, wow, toppers. This, what the, a, the carnitas. What a segment. He's bringing in by name. Amazing. Yeah, the, no, the carnitas pizza was my go-to. Even when the girls would get pepperoni or cheese or whatever, I needed a personal carnitas because I just had to have it. And then I was introduced to the hot honey. Okay. The hot honey is by far my favorite now. It's so funny because I used to put jalapenos on my honey pizza. So let's ask this question. Do you like pineapple on your pizza? Uh, Only when it's cooked. (laughs) Like if it's cooked and the ones you can get with chorizo on them too. Mm-hmm. When they put the chorizo on the on the pineapple or the Hawaiian, oh. that's where it's at. Ah, what do you think, Spence? I'm in. You got it? But then, hey, but I have to give a <laughs> shout out to someone else, too. Oh. I'm actually conflicted because I had a Pizza Chief pizza the other day that just the original, good old-fashioned, crispy crust, it was done perfectly. Sometimes it may not be done perfectly, but this one was done so well, I was thinking this might be challenging my favorite right now. That, you know, and that's okay for Ventura, as long as you're having the d- decision between I, two I, Ventura pizzas. Those are two good Ventura. And did you get the pizza chief at the location by Cabrillo Middle School right there? Yep. That little, yeah. We got to go there. We talked about it last go. I haven't been. Gosh darn so, it. So it was, it, was, it was really good. Um, nice. But I will say like toppers is still our go-to. Sure. Still right. our go-to. It was just the first time I had been exposed to pizza, pizza chief and I was really surprised. Yeah. I've heard things. Spencer McKenzie's Love John, always been a big fan of ours. And I saw Spencer in the window this week. If you follow the stories on Instagram, you saw a picture of Spencer of Spencer McKenzie's. Okay. I get to call him Junior. Okay. He likes it. I actually texted his mom this week, too, because he used to volunteer in the uh, Foothill Little League Snack Shack that I ran for three years. So okay. I gave Spencer McKenzie's his first job almost. Okay, there you go. You like that circle? I do. If you go to Spencer McKenzie's, what do you order? Oh, man. Um, I think when I first started, I was way into the ahi pockets. Oh. And I was into um, 
man, I can't get off the tacos. Like the, the, the Brooklyn style tacos, the shrimp tacos, Brooklyn style tempura. I can't get off it <laughs> now that I'm, a, I'm trying to go more carnivore. Yeah. And so, yeah, I am. So I'm, I'm going probably 90% carnivore right now. So, really? uh, now that I've been doing that, I'm going shrimp cocktails a lot more. Okay. So I love the shrimp cocktail with the, with the sweet spicy sauce in it. I will say that I love the wontons. The wontons are the ultimate appetizer if you're going to get them, no matter what you get. Clam chowder is amazing. Uh, the burrito is amazing. Uh, I could go through the whole menu because I've tried it all. Uh, I love the, um, what's the shrimp and veggie platter? Where it comes together, like if I'm just trying to go low You've carb. You've had the veggie platter? Yeah. So if I'm trying. No, fish no. veggie is so good. No, I'm going shrimp veggie. Shrimp so, veggie. So you go like low carb. And so I do away with the rice and I just do all veggies and shrimp in the spicy sauce. Dude, killer. John, I, another. Look at. He says he doesn't give shout outs. He's giving toppers. And the listeners are calling in right now, Brad. Spence, we got to go to Tony's Pizzeria too. We're going to do that this week. We're going to go to Pizza Chief and Tony's. I see you, Big Philly, on here. Yes, we love Tony's, too. We weren't shouting anybody else out, so don't hold your horses, big pal. Yeah. Love you. All right, kidding around here with this great podcast. It's wrapping up, and we're going to keep sharing the stoke. Last topic here for our sponsors, PSG. PSG Professional Sports Group is bringing together a great idea, in my opinion, to upgrade the fairgrounds for $320 million. It's going to give the midway 25 more percent, raise the above floodplain, upgrade the transit area parking shops have you heard about this idea yes what's your thoughts i think number one i'm probably not anti-growth um but i'm also um there's certain things that make this special and you don't want to mess with that you know like in ventura so i love the fairgrounds i love what it is i love how i've been introduced to it but i also say that like anything that's going to bring new life and new vision the right way mm-hmm. it should be at least considered. So I'm hearing that if done right, you think that the town should listen to the possibility. I don't, I don't know enough about it. I say I would definitely listen. I, I can think, tell you anything you want to know. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, not right now, but I'm just saying moving off this podcast because we don't have that much time. But just, That's you know, what I was going to say, how much time we have. Well, like, we got five minutes, but you know, what, what would be your initial concern in this conversation? Just as, as somebody who just said that they moved here eight years ago, Wanted to be accepted because right now I'm feeling like you're kind of turning into a little bit of an envy here. <laughs> I am a little bit. You're kind of feeling a little bit like don't change it when you said change. So help me understand that emotion because that's what Ventura Ford is trying to do is he brought that raw emotion, put it on the table. Let's make responsible decisions. So with this instance at the fairgrounds, what are you feeling right there? Like why not upgrade it? If it's just pieced together parking lot, the buildings look like old hangars that are falling apart. The bathrooms, the, I mean, everything is so dilapidated. Have you been there and seen the dilapidation? Uh, no, and that's probably the worst indicator that I probably shouldn't I, have a whole lot to say about it. And here's the thing. Um, you could say I love the racetrack. I've never been to the racetrack. Like, I don't watch races like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have a dog in the fight that way as much as I would just say that uh, it, there is, if somehow they can improve the traffic mm-hmm. down there, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. If somehow the new design could help the traffic flow because when there's events and down there, oh yeah, it does. Uh, it is impossible. You get deadlocked down there and you get stuck. That left it. turn off 101 is crazy. Yeah, you, you get know, so whatever it is. So like that would be my that, so the bigger you, you the bigger you get down there if you don't 
take into account like that's the problem with some of the developments. We can it's not that not that because I actually think we need more housing because I talk to a lot of people who can't find rentals and stuff yeah, like that. Sure. So like Honestly. I do think we need more housing. So I'm not anti the condos and the stuff that's being built completely. Sure. Uh, but I do think we need to create structures now for the people to flow through. And so if you're going to do something big at the Ventura Fairgrounds, that's a great like, point. You just you just need to account for the amount of people that'll come through so that the local people can still get to work without being late or get yep. to appointments or whatever. Like so that would be my thought. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate you rolling that forward. That's exactly what I was looking for because we're starting the conversation. Yep. It doesn't start conversation with people being honest. So thank you so much. Yeah. Spence, you enjoying the podcast? I am. I just don't want to. It's my friend who contacted me about last uh, week's podcast. He said, "Is it better to have something that's run down that you have control over than something that's all nice, spit polish, and suddenly you don't have control?" That's that's one of the the issues that this person brought to me. Are you sure you want to hand over the keys? That's a great question again, because you wouldn't want to give up control. And when you get into the depth of this conversation, when I go to this meeting this afternoon, I want to really talk about how it only isn't only a, just a, that property. It's actually a, it's a humanitarian thing in the Ventura River bottom. It's a surfing Mecca with the coast right there. Yeah, there's it's a, all great. There's, there's parking. All there's yeah. so much more off that. We can have better parking. The coastline, we talk about the coastline rising with the Surfrider Foundation. We can finish that project. We talk about the Matillaha Dam coming down. Oh, dude. And that yeah. work that they're doing. So we can literally bring from, I, I'm, I'm calling it from Matillaha Dam, last week's podcast, Spence, I've been preaching it all week, from the Matillaha Dam to Seaside Park. Mm. And it's not just that baseball field. And if you focus just on the minor league baseball idea, I'm with you, Spence. I think it can drop dead. But if you look at what just that concept and then the expansion that could bring out of something new there. I can give you just an example of losing control over something. It's a lot different from the fairgrounds. But when I was a kid, I ran track and I loved running. I loved running. And I'd go to the TO track in Thousand Oaks and I'd also run track. Well, they said they were putting in a new uh, surface. I thought, this is great. What happened when they put in the new surface? They locked the gates. Same thing happened so, at Ventura College. Yeah, and with me, it was like, wow, my favorite track to run on. When it was a dirt track, it might not have been great, but I could run on it. Yeah. Then they take. So I'm a little concerned about that type of thing. And I agree with I, you completely. And I, th- I think but from the drawings I could show you, too, this opens up the other sure. side of Figueroa. There's going to be shops. There's going to be parking. It actually opens up the property more. While it might take some jurisdictional t- like f- away from the fair board, we know the states. I love the it. idea of making the promenade area more attractive oh. for mm-hmm. families to hang. This is going to go. This well, is going to affect that too. You, know, you can do that with police, but I don't want to go there yet. This is going yeah. to affect that too so much. We're, yeah. we're, we're taking this from not only them from the Ventura River mouth to then the pier. Yeah. The goal that I'm selling to over 15 to 20 baseball players today, Brad, major league baseball players, I'm meeting him today at noon. I'm stoked. I'll say on the podcast now. I don't really care. I'm not supposed to. It's fine. I'm so excited about it. I got to sell this thing bigger. They won't hear it till it's over. Thanks, Spence. I got to sell this, make it bigger. So if you're Mike Sosha showing up at a meeting, I know you're in, but how do you get all in? Mm-hmm. How do you dream big? And I'm the guy that did the job. Let's go. Come on now. Look at you. Episode Look at you. number 40. I got one of my best friends over the last five years that we've been hanging out. We get personal. We get into heated, fun discussions. And he brought the thunder again today. <laughs> and he's always welcome back. We always say, Spence, my mentor here on the microphone, says, you get the fever. And I can see it in your face. You had a good time with that, Brad. <laughs> you got that fever. You got in front of Spence and Spence and the Ventura Ford people. Did you have a good time? I had an amazing time. Thank you. 
Yes, and if there's one thing left before this podcast wraps up, if you're going to get in your car right now and start driving home, you're going to be like, you know what? What did I forget to say? Take a second, and me and Spencer will look into mm. our eyes over here, as we always do. Yeah, longingly. Mm, you're so cute. Um, what, what do you want to tell us that your podcast ended up number 40, Ventura Ford? Let's go. I would probably just say thank you for having me on and honor you guys and just say I love what you're doing. I love your kindness, your hospitality, and thank you for being an open space for conversation. And uh, I sometimes I just love, Spencer, you, that you are like a wrecking ball. Like you walk into a room and you just are fully just like turning tables over and doing what you do. And I just think you are an incredible force that disrupts people in the right ways. And every city needs a Spencer. It's like he's going through the yes. bizarre flipping tables over of <laughs> yes. the money changers. Yeah. Okay, and, did and I like, get close to something in the Bible there? Yeah, you did. Yes. Okay, and you. What I, it's just there's something good about someone who can't be bought. There's something good about somebody who thinks critically and thinks for themselves. Um, and so. Well, thank you. You're a good man. Thank you, Brad. You know, I, I, I don't take a lot of um, accolades a lot and I hear it a lot. But to hear it in person on this podcast gets me warm inside. It gets me proving again what we're feeling is that the way that you made me feel right now, we want to make everyone feel that mm -hmm. way. And it's there. The stoke is there. The fire is in the belly. Keep listening. Keep sharing and being part of Ventura Ford because we really do love you and we really do care about you. It started with two guys here, Spence and Spence, in our studio with the man behind the mic for 30 years of the information, bringing with my political advocacy. 43. 43. In Ventura County, 43? Yeah. 1979. I love it. All KVTA too? No. Got it. Thank you for the correction though. I need to get that. Uh, it's okay. 43. 43. My guy. It's important to me. <laughs> He's always making me laugh. He's the best. And that's the podcast as we roll off this podcast. What time Sunday? 10 a.m. at the Ventura Theater. Would you possibly come to a service at the theater? Oh, at the theater, I would. Who, who opens? Really cool. uh, the band's really good. You'll like them. Awesome. So there you go. Matt Ramey in the band as yeah. Ray Fresco takes us off the Ventura Ford number four. Brad Lawson, you're the man. Until next time, let's go. Yeah.